struggle session. I'm Leslie I'm Jack Allison. I'm Emma Bowers. And I'm Abby Denton. Oh, well. Oh, thank you for jumping in, Abby. Even I'm, though we I'm do so need sorry. to make it clear. No, Emma, no, we like it. It's better. Emma, uh, Emma is an official struggle sessions correspondent, anime correspondent. Abby, you're not official yet. I'm sorry to say. I, I'm wow. so sorry. What a way to start a podcast. <laughs> wow. We just, we, cl- we just have to clarify this. This is in Emma's contract that we have to shame any additional guests. Yeah. We have and, on the show. Yeah. She did demand. There was a, there, it is in the writer that we have to make everybody aware of what the situation is. Uh, we have to be very clear about that and insulting about it. We, that's part of the contract. <laughs> Well, you know, it was just habit. We, I kind of came on just like, you know, um, you know, hitting like, um, you know, being a jerk to Patak and just kind of, sure, yeah. yeah, so it's just got to yeah. keep it up now, you know? Yeah, there we go. And today we're talking about, uh, because the fans demanded it. I put up a poll to see what epi- anime episode we were going to do next. Um, we had, you know, clamps, you know, classic film X nineteen ninety nine on there. We had um Jinro uh um on there, you know, really, you know, prescient anime about the rise of fascism. Um we also had, you know, Ghost in the Shell, really classic, you know, cyberpunk anime, but all you basic bitches made me pick and do Akira. <laughs> like overwhelmingly Akira's great. It is great, but I was hoping that maybe my follow, my, our followers, our listeners would be, you know, want, not just want the candy. Okay. I thought they would want, you know, some, maybe some, you know, Brussels sprouts or some strings. Brussels beans, sprouts are or, good. You know, liver, something, you know, exotic, yeah. something yeah. different, but no, yeah. you want the candy. So we had to do it for you. We're doing Akira today. The anime, not, um, the, manga um because i haven't actually read the manga yet i haven't um, finished it either actually so you know that takes some time so i'm I'm not equipped to, to talk about the manga but uh, from what i understand abby you are an expert on the manga so you can kind of fill us in a little bit on the differences and how uh what we missed um because the manga is really long and the movie is only like two hours and really what akira is is and i got this on the rewatch is it's one full season of anime compressed to two hours except they use the same number of frames of animation so that's why it looks so beautiful they just <laughs> spent all their money on a single two hours instead of like a 13 hour um season <laughs> show and that's why it looks so good they, they tried a similar thing on uh, Gundam F91, squishing an entire season of a show into uh, an hour and a half movie, and it did not end nearly as coherently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so, Akira, this is actually, this was only my second time watching it, um, really. Um, back in my uh, anime, heavy anime watching days in college, I did check out this film along with all the other classics and i actually really didn't like it that much the first time i saw it everybody talked Mm. about how akira is so great it's the best thing and i it kind of left me cold when i saw it and i think a lot of it had to do with how much hype was around it when i watched it by the time i had watched it i already seen vampire hunter d ghost in the shell all my other you know uh animes that i really you know still hold on to this to this day but akira when i saw it it like i didn't really understand why there was so much uh hype around it but i think that's in part because there was so much anime 
that was still really beautiful looking still coming out uh but watching it back now is just like wow this was a really amazing moment so if we can get a round table discussion just when was your first time um watching akira yeah, I watched it in high school, and Leslie, I, I, you know, my experience was very different than yours. You know, this was, uh, uh, I guess, similar to yours in the sense that it was like, you know, when you're getting into anime, Akira is one of the first things that you're supposed to watch. Um, you know, and it was also one of these things that my family like got a big TV, and it was one of the things that everybody said that you have to watch on a really big TV. <laughs> like, uh, that when, might when, have been my mistake. I'm pretty sure I watched it on like a 20 inch CRT right. monitor. I remember this being one that was kind of like a, you know system shower when you had a good dvd player you know what i mean <laughs> like when you had a dvd player with like the component input into the tv <laughs> akira was when you watch <laughs> i love akira i actually think i i rewatched it uh uh for this podcast and i'm like man man maybe akira actually is still like the best animation <laughs> maybe it still is like the best and like coolest animation that there is um I don't know. I, I think Akira, you know, you're right, Leslie, that it's a little bit sort of entry level and uh, basic anime. But there's a reason why it's a, a, such an integral part of the canon, uh, because uh, it's truly excellent. I didn't watch it until later on. Like, I remember hearing a lot about it. And I think when I was really getting into anime, it had hit the part where it was sort of like Dragon Ball Z in the sense that, yes, objectively, it's awesome. But it was something like everyone talked about. So it was like, oh, Akira this, Akira that. Like, I remember watching Sci-Fi Channel at night. And there was a very, like, edgy advertisement for it. It was like, this isn't Disney. You know, and it shows, like, you know, Tetsu's mutation and stuff. And um, so I didn't watch it until a little bit later enjoyed it and it's really cool to watch it now and i think for me akira in terms of animation is still incredible but i think what makes it so highly noticeable is that this was this this comes from a time in the 80s where these studios had money it was like the economy was booming. There wasn't really a set idea yet of what anime had to be. And the 80s is when anime in Japan actually starts to get like more adult oriented. It like the ones in the 70s, there's some exceptions, but a lot of it is still kind of aimed at families, aimed at children. This is the, the all the animation stuff gets violent. It gets sexual. And Akira has comes out and has this huge budget. And I think it is one of like, not the first, but one of the first animes to get distributed in the U.S. and get traction. And it just blows everyone's minds, like in terms of not just like the stunning animation quality, but the story and the content that they're showing, which is heads and tails above like, you know, any anything that's coming out in the 80s. Everything else in the 80s, we're talking like Don Bluth, Disney Renaissance. And here's this like incredibly graphic thing. And I think Akira mm -hmm. is just so worth watching, if not for the, the movie itself, just for the time frame and like what it really did in terms of like getting the West to notice anime. Yeah, I, I guess I first saw it, I would have been 12 or 13. Um, and at the time, the only thing I could think about was uh, that the voice cast had a lot of overlap with uh, the Digimon anime, which uh, to me is, is a much more uh, culturally significant uh, milestone in the history of animation and storytelling. Um, <laughs> look, man, uh, Ty, uh, 
the 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 Digimon dude says uh, "damn" in this movie. It's it's horrifying. I mean, that hear. is pretty big, mm-hmm. and and it kind of speaks to like the the more adult themes uh, uh, that Emma was talking about. Like, if you're seeing if you're hearing the word "damn" said in Digimon, you're kind of getting that covered as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just need to remember because I watched it a couple more times uh, as a youth. I think I borrowed the DVD, never owned it. Um, and I'd like try to get my dad to watch it, and I was like, "Dad, look, this is this is this is what adults watch." And he was like, "Oh, there, there's a giant melting baby uh, on the screen," and I, I don't think he was really <laughs> sold. And then, uh, you know, as as you become an adult, you put away childish things, and so for the last several years, I thought to myself, uh, "Man, Akira's it's just a, a baby show for for stupid." Stupid twelve-year-olds, and uh, <laughs> rewatching it a couple years ago, I'd, I'd say it probably still, still is by the standards of um, reality. But uh, <laughs> it, it's also a lot of fun, which which is a good thing to have going for you. It, 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 I guess it's kind of strange how uh, psychic powers. There was like a time in the eighties and nineties where where psychic powers and like the evolution of humanity was considered like a like a a mature complex theme. Whereas now it's sort of just what you put in a movie when you don't have an idea for a thing that impacts humans in life. Yeah. And I watching this now, it made me realize like every single like move superhero sci-fi movie (laughs) that's come out has ripped off like everything (laughs) from this since then. Like even like the scene with like his bike, like the opening scene on the freeway with the bike and the bike fight. Right, like that's in John Wick as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not all, it, it, that scene. That what a, what an incredible scene because that scene is ripped off not only by Final Fantasy but also by <laughs> John Wick. <laughs> John Wick, The Matrix, like everything. Like yeah. there's so like like in the way like so the way like the powers are animated, the psychic powers are animated, like I feel like this kinda invented that because you like even like The Last Jedi, like this is how the force is now. It's like how it works in Akira, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so Akira, um, you know, maybe shocked to find out if you haven't watched it before. Um, it's not actually about a guy named Akira. It's about no. a guy named uh, Canada. Ca- ca- Canada. <laughs> it's a guy his named name Canada. is Canada. Canada <laughs> and his friend um, Tetsuo, who um, mm. because the anime is really so compressed, we kind of, I think we miss out on a lot of the backstory between these two guys. I feel like right. it's supposed to be like a guts and griffith almost type <laughs> relationship except they're both really yeah. dumb um like canada is really really like the prototypical dumb guy uh here protagonist he just had he's just he's like a shitty like delinquent teen like they're in a bike the protagonists are all like in a bike uh awful bike gang like they're bad students like they go through um like the worst high school and it's really and people might think uh oh their high school is really uh dilapidated and stuff because the government doesn't care kind of it's like those students weren't able to test into a good high school right they're so bad yeah. students so they don't deserve a good school and so all is so you really have like you know all all these kids they're supposed to be like poor working class uh kids and you know the background of the story which they don't really dive into as much in the film i'm kind of interested in the manga does more it's like Japan is going through the 
this really, you know, is like a financial, you know, crisis, uproar, like both students and like workers are on like mat doing massive demonstrations against the neoliberal reforms of the government. And that just kind of takes place in the background and, and it's also often turns uh, violent too. Like there's a terrorist uh, group, which I assume are like left wing radicals, maybe possibly. Mm-hmm. It's not really explained specifically what their po- local beef is. And we are told later on in the show that like the the main terrorist is actually like working for one of the government ministers a lot happens in this uh two hours and and i feel like you know a lot of these like subplots you know could be fleshed out a bit more but 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 really what's strong about the film is just like these striking visuals like when you first see the little uh shriveled blue psychic boy and it just looks like and it's like he's cute and like extremely creepy be at the same time in a way that like no other thing in film is you know like there's like the highway fights with the motorcycles that's ripped off so many times like the way the military all the like military helicopters and shit like the way they make tokyo look you know and this is like pro this is like the prototype for what cyberpunk is is all in this film one thing and i find it interesting because i mean i kind of I like the world a lot. And I do think obviously like some stuff like a uh, Tetsuo and Kaneda's like, you know, dynamic is sort of just kind of glanced upon. But I think immediately, like right out of the gate, that motorcycle scene, you understand this world. It's yeah. rebuilt itself after catastrophe. It's not a happy one. Like you said, like there's no system of support. Kaneda's a punk. All right, whatever. You get to go to the, the shitty school. Um, what I find interesting, and I just thought about this a lot because it's 2020 next year and a big background thing is uh, oh look at the amazing recovery that Tokyo has had since World War 3 we're hosting the Olympics next yes. year it is a constant like thing in the background like 2020 Olympics in Tokyo yeah and Tokyo is right now preparing for the Olympics yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny looking at uh, uh, the government using the Olympics in preparation for the Olympics to uh, put into place horrible plans uh, just looking at all the countries that use it as a a front to displace huge amounts of poor people. Yeah. I thought the same thing. I was like, hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So in a lot of ways, like Akira is like a documentary of like what's happening in um, Japan now, except they never really had that second recovery. It was just the depression. (laughs) And now we're here. And it's, um, yeah, there wasn't a major destruction that's in the background of it, but obviously that's kind of like a metaphor for um, the nuclear bombs that were dropped on Japan um, by the United States. Um, And this is kind and this film kind of presumes like we did it again, kind of. Yeah. You know, it's odd. That's in a lot of Japanese art. This this uh, being consumed with uh, being hit with a nuclear bomb and what that would mean to your society. Uh, It really you find that theme in a lot of Japanese art. I found myself writing in my notes, uh, Akira's, it, it must be exhausting to live in a world where every day you have to hear about another mass murder. And then I got kind of sad. <laughs> well, we, we talked about this a little bit in when we when we did neon genesis but it's a little like this weird thing of of living in this like horrific basically slowly dying society and what do you do you go to school yes <laughs> <laughs> 
you go to school, you go to work. Oh, you know, like, yeah, like, oh, another murder. Oh, biker game. Oh, government suppressing the populace. Well, you know what? I'm, <laughs> this punch card isn't going to punch itself. Yeah. yeah, like everybody's kind of like, so we do get like, you know, some high level government stuff. Like we see like the ministers of parliament going at it and doing their like, system of control where like the police and the military like the uh, the japanese military which is i guess now a thing is operating within tokyo like constantly um now which is along with the police to you know fight off the terrorist um threat and you know you know if that kind of sounds like something that you know i just hope that Donald Trump never sees akira because i think he would get a lot of ideas from it basically Folks, folks, that boy, that boy, Akira, his bike. Like, you know, Donald Trump's the one and he watches it and he thinks kind of his name is Akira. And so we, what we find out what's going on with the military is doing experiments with little kids to give them psychic powers. And one, and Tetsuo, who's part of um, Canada's um, biker gang, he ends up getting injured during uh, escape when, when when one of these children's escape. Uh, Tetsuo ends up getting injured himself, and the government and the like general who runs like all of Japan's military is like, oh, we have this you know juvenile delinquent that's uh, been shot. Why don't we take him and experiment on him too? Right, which is another sort of common thing. It, 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 there's, there's, there's a lot of like, honestly, watching this after watching Evangelion so recently, it's like there's a lot of sort of commonalities, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, in these two things. Like where uh, uh, in Japan they they take children and make them uh, an experiment <laughs> on them uh, to do these, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, have these sort of like great responsibilities. And Japan loves this shit. And like, yeah, they do have kind of like heavier themed shows like, you know, like, you know, Akira and, you know, Evangelion. But like, you're watching like Naruto and it's like, here are these 10 year old children. We put them into ninja school. They're going to learn to kill. And like, <laughs> you know, like, like, I swear, like Japan is fixated on like child soldiers, like half these right. plots, even ones that are like, you know, the baby anime is like, yeah. I, I'm 12 and I'm going to die for my country my ninja pirate country like it is a constantly recurring theme (laughs) and and i think part of the reason for that theme um i think it may be a little bit early i mean i guess that's why akira is so forward looking came out in like 1988 Um, i think the manga was in 82 but the population of japan is declining you know rapidly is getting older and so the burden on holding up and you know keeping you know the society running industry running will fall on the youth of japan extremely heavily because you know people in japan live for a very long time and people aren't really like having a lot of kids so in a lot of ways like the like this is what the future will be um, for Japanese youth. You will have all these responsibilities placed upon you in order to like just keep uh, society um, functioning. And it's really kind of a uh, something that uh, there's a lot of anxiety about, it. and the problem is just uh, has gotten worse in the past. You know, uh, twenty, um, thirty years since Akira came out. I'd, I'd be interested to to wonder if that's sort of the reason why you see it a lot in. As you're saying, stuff like uh, Naruto and um, a, a lot of that sort of suite of, of programming, because then in, in the U.S., I'm sort of led to understand the, the rule of thumb is uh, 
you know, no, no kid wants to watch a kid going on an adventure because no kid's fantasizing about continuing to be a kid. They want to see the adult <laughs> going on the adventure. That's why, like, you don't see kid sidekicks anymore because they're... And then the the once in a while, like, there was that King Arthur movie, like, the 12-year-old King Arthur movie right. last year Becoming that no King one talked Arthur, about. Yeah. It was in every preview yeah. for, like, two months. No one ever mentioned that it I think we released. all just collectively agreed to, to not acknowledge <laughs> that that was a film. I think yeah, we were like, I can't this one was lost. Any... This one... This one got lost on its way from the 90s, and we're all just not going to pay attention to it. Wait, wait, wait. I thought they did a King Arthur with Charlie Hunman. Was he playing? Yeah, there's like been a, two King Arthur. King, there was, was, he there the was the kid who would be king, and then also like a gritty King Arthur reboot. There's been two in the last couple of years. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of things that make the King Arthur story resonate. It's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a, a commoner rising to power. Um, but most of all, I think it's public domain. <laughs> yeah, I you know, think that is the one of the biggest elements. Yeah, well, yeah, like look at like the, uh, there was like I mean, speaking of long forgotten, like they they keep making Robin Hood movies. Yes. Right, <laughs> yeah. they made one like, uh, this year. They made another one this year. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I remember? Yeah, it was like a badass like action. Like he's like Tomb Raider. Like that's how good he is. With, like his <laughs> honestly, it's better. Like Super as, Superman should be like Robin Hood. There should be a bunch of different weird Superman movies. Like Superman should be owned by everybody. I wish that there was like, you know, every studio was like, I, I guess we got to try to make our Superman as well. You know, I, I think the most fun Batman movie I've ever seen was that anthology one that was like three different shorts directed by different uh, people. So, you know what? I'm going to say that's a genuinely good idea. I'll, I'll wow. have to look it up. There was one um, where like Batman was a samurai. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Got, I think it's called Gotham Knight or something mm-hmm. like that. Leslie, you were earlier talking about Arcana as kind of a kind of a dick, and uh, you and Jack, you've both been reading the manga. I don't know Emma if you've popped into it at all. No, uh, I need early, to. <laughs> early on in the manga, a girl just mentions to Kaneda, like I think I'm pregnant, uh, implying that it's his, and then she appears. <laughs> she appears in one more scene, and then is never mentioned huh. again. And so, like for well, the whole that's of the setting story, setting up Akira too. Okay, wait a minute, like. I, I, maybe I like kind of space out in the movie. Isn't Canada like fourteen or something? Like the impression I get is like they're not like like seventeen, eighteen year old teens. They're like entering teens. Is this he, right? Whether right. whether or not he's matured quickly, he's very preoccupied with sex in the comic <laughs> to the point that he just like. I, I think sex creep is the word. I'm, I'm not really sure what is the accepted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I was term. look. I looked briefly at the wiki for the ma- manga, and apparently, some of the female uh, Tetsuo's little girlfriend in the movie is actually in the comic his sex slave. Is that accurate? Huh. <laughs> yeah, there's like this whole like post-apocalyptic arc, and he's like a warlord, and it it goes some weird places. Wait, wait. Without so how, how to long? Too... Like, what's the span of the manga? Like, like a ye- year, couple like months year. at least. It's it's not too explicit, but it, it's a while. Oh, okay. So and like the so does it in? Uh, so the anime is like feels like it takes place in like three days or so. Yeah. It, well, in in the manga, um, I I don't know how how spoilery it's okay to be. Um, uh, uh, Tetsuo okay. sort of has yeah, two freakouts. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the manga, Akira is like still alive, and he's just been frozen for thirty years. Uh, and then he has a freakout that sort of levels Tokyo a second time after the first time thirty years ago. And then they're like picking up the pieces because like a lot of the psychic kids were like protecting groups of people. Uh, and then there's like a weird 
like Mad Max warriors sort of thing going on. And then they fight him again. And then there's a third leveling of Tokyo in the climax. And they just sort of combined the two latter Tokyo levelings into one for the movie. Uh, maybe understandably. Yeah. Um, you can't just city has been through a lot <laughs> three <laughs> times in one film, but they, uh, so you, during the story, so Tetsuo, he gets kidnapped by this government, uh, by the military, and they turned him into a super weapon, kind of on yeah. accident. And he um, gets all, and at the same time, there's like um, our maybe leftist terrorists are trying to figure out like what's going on in this underground uh, lab. And Canada is just kind of there. Because he has a bike and he's really dumb and like he doesn't know <laughs> like when to like give up and let go. Um, there's kind of like he's always trying to help uh, Tetsuo. He's been uh, we found out later in the movie that Tetsuo uh, when Tetsuo first got to that school when they first met in elementary school like Tetsuo was getting bullied and Canada has always been protecting him kind of like a, a little brother. But by you know once but you know as We've seen um, with, you know, people like, say, the bagel boss, once you get <laughs> when you're a little guy who's picked on a lot and you get a little bit of power, um, whether that's psychic power or just having your own YouTube channel, you become a monster. <laughs> <laughs> sure. and, and that's kind of what the rest of the movie is, is Tetsuo, you know, his power growing and, and growing while, you know, Canada's trying to save him until he doesn't because he's become a monster. Oh, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very sad story between Canada and his friend Tetsuo as he watches as his friend Tetsuo becomes a fucking jerk, honestly. Yeah, like he almost it was always immediate too. It's like first you kind of you feel kind of sorry for Tetsuo because he gets fucked up, and then like right. he has all these headaches and stuff. But then he kind of like when he starts you know feeling himself, like he's you know he's kind of like goes after like the little kids who are yeah the little shriveled kids. Like yeah, he's little, a piece of shit. Like the little shriveled kid, the kids aren't doing anything. They're just kind of sitting there and trying to calm him down. But like he's like oh fuck you little guys for no reason. Like he just he just. <laughs> Some people smaller than him, basically. Yeah, so he's, he's like a bully. And it's also very much like him because you can't be like, oh, the the government experimenting and awakening psychic powers corrupt his mind. Because no, like the little the little kids of Pregori are all like little ESP kids, and they're all like, you right. know, they're 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 doing what they can, you know. <laughs> like he's just you know, like killing at the little Pregori yeah. kids. Like they got five, they got five years to live. Stop it. <laughs> I like that the government's plan for any uh, incredibly powerful child is uh, let's just put him on a bunch of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I really didn't know what like the plan was for the government. I feel like the mega might have gotten into more, but what were they doing exactly? Why were they like hype? Why were they giving all these kids like Professor X's powers for like for what purpose were they doing this? Um, maybe the manga goes into a little more detail, but it kind of shows like, I guess that these little kids, I, I joke, they only have years to live because they got Pregoria, but clearly like they were alive in the eighties, like before, um, the first like, you know, catastrophe occurred. So like, the, so those kids are around for a while, but I know right. like, yeah. So it's not like, Oh, like we're preparing for the Olympics. Like clearly like, you know, there was some like long-term, like something going on for a while now. Yeah, and in the manga, there's a couple more who show up. Um, like, there's like a like a blind guy who can see things before they happen, and um, 
a, a giant guy. I forget what his his power is, but um, there's a bunch of people who all have like hand tattoos of their numbers, and there are like thirty of them, and then there I guess forty one of them, which is why uh, what's his name Tetsuo is number forty one, um, and uh, what's his name Akira himself was number twenty eight, and they just keep showing up. And I, I I as far as they ever really go into detail is um, just military and uh, manipulating people from far away and standard shady government stuff. Yeah, you know, they did it because they could, I guess. Yeah. Um, so it chick starts getting out of hand in like um the middle of the film because Tetsuo is on one like you wouldn't believe. He's going around <laughs> like just wrecking shit. He kills one of his like biker buddies like just because he kills like the guy who runs the bar. Like the bar o- the bar owner who lets all these little underage punks come in his bar and hang out. Like he murders him for drugs. Uh, which is kind of fucked up. Then he kills his uh, uh y- does he kill I-, I forget which one he kills. I think I think he Yamagata is the one yeah. he uh, kills. Um, and he tries to, and he's like looking for Canada's bike because Canada has like a sweet, um, fucking bike. I do kind of understand why he's so jealous of Canada's <laughs> bike because it's a pretty badass bike. Um, but, and then, you know, after that, there, the next kind of like hour of this movie are just these kind of constant destructive fight scenes uh between tetsuo versus kind of the world um it's yeah. almost like a kid miracle a less violent like kid miracle man uh sort of <laughs> thing mm-hmm. out of curiosity uh talking about um uh the the, the government's response to this uh supposing a 14 year old asshole gets superpowers tomorrow what do you think would be the best response for the government to take a fourteen-year-old? Oh my god! Fourteen-year-old. Can we can we go check their internet history? Actually, you know what? Okay, the, the bagel box. <laughs> I, I I can tell what the government probably um would do. There's only one wave of attack. After that, they're immediately going like nuclear. Um, if if we're talking Trump, like he's only gonna sack. He's only gonna do like one attack. Then he's gonna get bored and just say uh, just fucking nuke it. Nuke New York, I don't care. I, I, I can rebuild yeah. it. It'll be I would, I would very much like to see the president try to claim that he has stronger psychic powers than magic. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go in. I'll outthink him, folks. I'll outthink him. <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> wow. Trump is very much... Um, you remember uh, in The Dark Knight Returns, there's this like dipshit mayor who tries to talk to the mutant boss and the mutant boss just rips his throat out. I do feel like Trump would try to pull one of those moves. He would just like try to directly engage him in psychic battle and get smooth immediately. <laughs> Do you think you do the uh, Professor X like two fingers on his temple move? <laughs> he did stare directly into the sun I think and was fine. Yeah, and was, was fine in the end. You know, <laughs> he's not blind, is he? I don't know. <laughs> he turned out you don't. It's okay. We saw him do it. What if that's the reason he doesn't read his briefings? Is he's been hiding the fact that he went blind for the last two years? If he's been blind since then, you think? <laughs> or he's just been psychic this whole time wow. and he's been how able is to make fun of our blind president then <laughs> how ableist of all the liberal media yeah. terrible is it ableist to make fun of someone of psychic powers like does that count hmm. as ableist 
I think that's I guess, punching it depends up. on whether you think. Yeah, yeah I think it's punching right. up. I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, if you if you you can make fun of the X Men, that's punching up. <laughs> they call themselves Homo Superior. Yeah, yeah but the X Men X Men are, are symbolic for like whatever oppressed minority is like. Ah, you know, I know yeah, it's tough. Like, it's tough. <laughs> well, you know what. You God know what? It. My girlfriend's an oppressed minority, and she frequently calls herself homo superior, and I wish someone would wipe that smirk <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not in a violent way. She's good. I, I would never encourage such Well, behavior. sure. Of course. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. So, um, Abby, you told me this was different than Megan, but I actually liked the fact that Akira was, like, dead and in pieces this whole time. So It was a great talk- twist. Yeah, they've been talking about Akira, Akira, Akira. There's like a cult running around that worships Akira. And Akira was just like a, a previous version, kind of like Tetsuo, who had, you know, these really, you know, incredible powers and they got out of hand and the government killed him and dissected him. And he's, his bits have been frozen <laughs> under the Olympic stadium. Um, for, because they <laughs> hope that future generations would be able to study him, which I think is kind of, um, like showing some humility is like, like, okay, we don't really have this all taken care of. Um, so here's we're gonna put all his bits in this in this is cold freeze. And like that, I think that's like, like it's cool because it's kind of like body horror mixed with like you know weird Lovecraftian like far future leaning horror. I kind of I kind of di- dig it. Um, Tetsuo does not dig it. He's like kind of pissed <laughs> off about it, and he just like starts um, destroying like um, the Japanese military. Who has in between all of this? staged a coup and taken over Japan. Um, and I really like the depiction of how the coup went down because um, the parliament is just like, okay, uh, General, you're really fucking up. You've destroyed half of Tokyo with your little uh, teenage mutants. Um, so <laughs> we're just going to take take power from you and you're going to step down. And he's just like, no. And then he calls for an immediate military coup because he doesn't want to get fired. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's how 99% of coups actually go down. Like one guy doesn't want to get fired. No, I refuse. And the people in the military just kind of go along because Uh, I guess we have to do it. That feels like I feel like I've seen that on like like li- like liberal Twitter so much. It's like the military would never like commit atrocity, you know, would never like go coup because of because of Trump. They have dignity. Ah, <laughs> like, I swear. They would simply lay down their guns, not our armed forces. They lay down their guns and say, "How dare you, sir? Don't sully the name of the armed forces like that." <laughs> And throughout all this, you know, Tetsu is taking on the entire Japanese military and Canada, our poor dumb, dumb boy, decides to fight him by himself. (laughs) Just he's mad. And he gets super mad at uh, him because he calls, uh, because uh, Tetsuo calls uh, um, Canada, Canada Coon. And this just like fucking infuriates him for the rest of the film yeah which is the it's the most insulting thing you can do to your senpai to call them uh it is sunning someone like very literally oh, no, actually, Chan, like... Chan, Chan, actually yeah yeah yeah, Chan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I also like that uh canada being 14 is the one age where uh a person would reasonably be expected to think he's immortal and could fight a superpowered <laughs> psychic monster <laughs> he has to be 14 for the plot to work 
Yeah. <laughs> he does a fairly uh, decent um, job of it. He even, um, but the military has like, and, and this is another thing that's been stolen from Akira. Their super weapon is like a satellite in space that absorbs solar e- energy and beams it down with this extremely destructive force. It looks fucking awesome and Gears of War completely ripped it off. <laughs> and so we get more fighting more fighting um bunch of uh canada tetsuo accidentally kills crushes his girlfriend to death her poor that yeah. poor girl who oh, in the mug yeah he pops her like a zit it's so <laughs> terrible bad yeah. and she has done bad. she is i she i always feel so bad for her she has done nothing but just be like a 14 year old girl who likes her boyfriend like <laughs> she gets beaten she gets like assaulted like you know uh, and then this is just her end and it's uh i've always feel so bad for her this is what happens when you fall with bad boys. I'm sorry to say, <laughs> actually, that's not how the film presents it because, like, like should the, have been with a nice guy. Yeah, but but there's no nice guys because they're all like juvenile delinquents, just like right because no. they, they go to they go to like the bad school that <laughs> doesn't the, even deserve any money. That's the moral. It's like, well, honey, if you'd studied harder in middle school and gotten into a good <laughs> high school, like your boy, you wouldn't have been like crushed to death by it your really, yeah. Yeah. Well, boyfriend. Yeah. There's a lesson to be learned there. There really is. <laughs> And, you know, with the big finish, we get more explosions, more psychic powers. We get a little bit of a flashback to Akira, who um, is was just like, I guess, the cutest of all the kids. Um, I think that's why, like, he's the he's the most, like, traditionally anime cute character uh, wow. in this. And he, I guess we just see that he, you know, had really great powers before. I don't know. Why is this film called Akira? Because we don't really get a ton of Akira stuff in it. Is there more <laughs> in the manga, Abby? You know, you know you're gonna you're gonna hate what the real explanation is, but uh you know Tetsuo descends deep into the earth to to dig up this treasure uh that is Akira and it, it's just these jars and then finally the the trio of the the old babies, the Maria Bamford old babies. <laughs> uh <laughs> <laughs> that he's been sort of encountering and, and they've sort of realized that they're, they're on the same side. Um, they all summon Akira. And so at, at the end of the movie, Akira is the friends you made along the way. Oh, it, it really, wow. really wow. is. And wow. you know, I think that's why I didn't like it the first time I watched this film because the ending is really not that depressing. They're like, not too many, like, of the important characters die kind of like the general dies ryu um the terrorist leader who's secretly working for the government dies um but you know uh Kay, canada's girlfriend lives uh canada lives and we get the feeling that you know akira actually comes back to life uh the, all the three yeah. kids live and tetsuo uh lives and you know maybe becomes a god um where it's not really clear <laughs> in the anime it's kind of you kind of get the impression that at the end of the heat when he says uh i am tetsuo uh, he's kind of saying let there be light um yeah. Yeah, get, that's good and you know they show like galaxies popping and forming and all this stuff even though it's um um they're in like another reality now so you kind of get this feeling that everything kind of turns out okay i actually do feel you know the film kind of dropped the ball because while all that's happening they do destroy tokyo again they just don't show like anybody dying but they do destroy tokyo Jack, is is this how One Piece is going to end? You think? 
<laughs> it's possible. It really is possible. <laughs> pieces organs of a psychic child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could it could be actually? You know, hearing be. the voice of all things is a is a kind of a psychic power. <laughs> yeah, that does feel like that could come from a from one of the fruits, you know. <laughs> one of these fruits turns you into you know, Tetsuo. <laughs> and so, um, I I was, but this ending I I feel like is kind of controversial. But it's actually, you know, the first time I watched it, it kind of left me cold. But by the end, like I was kind of when I watched it this time, I was kind of a little bit more accepting of it um just because like everything that leads up to it is just so beautiful and grand like the visuals of this film are just like amazing amazing uh, throughout and so even if the ending is kind of a little bit of let's all hug cop out uh, <laughs> that you see in a lot of anime at least you know all the you get a lot of creepy weird stuff before that can, can i put forward a controversial theory opinion oh, please. sure please yeah. of course Akira is 2001 A Space Odyssey, except interesting. Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, it even my ends God. With, the, with the trippy traveling through space. <laughs> I and, mean, there's, look, and there's a weird baby in space. I, I, I can't deny, Abby, that all the pieces do fit together, but I'm, I'm, I'm just sort of flabbergasted by the heat of that take, to be honest <laughs> with you. I'm, like, taken aback. I will, I will, I will cleanse this with, um, just a, you were talking about the animation and in kind of researching about this, I learned something, uh, very interesting in terms of the animation. Uh, did any of you guys watch the dub in this or? I watched the I dub. Watched the dub uh, yeah. Of course. Okay. I watched the sub. The VHS dub is actually what <laughs> oh, I watched. Okay. Oh, okay. So, oh. Yeah. so if you watch the dub, it's, um, the lip flaps matching them up is bad, like even more so than usual. And I learned um, normally when anime gets recorded, um, it's done after the animation. Like the voice actors sit in a room and they watch the the full completed animation and they all read their lines uh, together. Versus um, in the West where the lines are recorded first and then the animators kind of work around that. And Akira actually did that. They actually recorded the lines first and then matched the animation. And that's why if you watch the subtitles titles like the lip flaps are really really good so it's just like a little detail to make that animation even mm. more special huh yeah yeah i had no idea that's yeah, so cool i didn't either i did my homework how to be a good anime correspondent for this time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did a small amount of animation research but all i was able to turn up was the wikipedia page said uh uh, they, they used a, a record number of colors for traditional animation, uh, including wow. 50, 50 colors that were created just for the movie, which read to wow, me like 50 a, brand new colors. <laughs> that sounded like something a wizard That's so would cool. do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I paint brand a rainbow new colors we've never seen sky. before. Incredible. <laughs> I call do them they still purple. use them? I wonder. Mm. Huh. They, there, there was some sort of something about the traditional animation they were doing that they said this was the last movie that ever did it, but I didn't understand what it was. They buried all of those colors under the Olympic Coliseum. <laughs> the, the jars are paint. <laughs> I shall paint it fetus. <laughs> My favorite Crayola color <laughs> <laughs> from the flesh tone packs. <laughs> So before we give our final thoughts on the film, there's, you know, there's a reason why we kind of need to talk about Akira this year, uh, this year, and even this month, in fact, because um, 
this was the month where um, it was announced that they were not going to move forward with the live action adaptation, the Western live action adaptation right. again, uh, because they've been Warner Brothers has been trying to make it since 2002. With, uh, there's been at least um, five different directors attached to it. The most recent uh, is Ty- uh, Taika Waititi of um, What We Do right. in the Shadows fame. Um, not sure why he would be the one, um, to direct a Akira film. I just wanted to ask the room, like, are he's you- a studio guy. He does, he does these kind of movies. He's on the list of people that's approved to do sort of big studio Disney type movies at this point. He's shown he can accomplish one with the Thor movies. So he's like an acceptable choice. Yeah. Except, I mean, as far as the, like, studio filmmaking goes. Yeah. But, um, how, how do you all feel? Are you glad that there won't be a live action Akira, um, this year? I am. I am. I think, look, it's been canceled five times. God is trying to tell you something. And (laughs) I think. Listen to God. And I think also, here's the thing, especially now, um, there's such an insistence like, oh, animation isn't real. It's not a real form of like proper media and storytelling. It needs to be live action so we can take it seriously. Live and action like, like the new Lion King. I was going to say, and <laughs> like, I think, like that should be all those, like right. all those movies are terrible. Like right. only if, unless you're a hardcore, like Disney fanatic, you do not like those movies. And yeah. no, no, I still don't like, like them. <laughs> and I think it is proof. It is proof that like, no, like these live action like oh we're doing it live action they're bullshit and it's not just for like you know like western anime like like that ghost in the shell movie that came out a few years was like oh god it was like you know awful it was boring there was no point and i think it's like i think we just need to all calm the fuck down and realize that animation is gasp a valid form of storytelling and media and let akira be akira you know i don't need a disney live action cgi motorcycle shoved in or whatever the hell they planned on doing with that you know you know, I've I've been beating this drum ever since they did the first live action Annie, and they cast Annie as a girl uh, with eyes, which I it's a betrayal of everything <laughs> the original comic depicted. <laughs> I I've been saying for a few years though that secretly there already is a live action uh, Akira, right. and I think everybody knows what it is. Um, Max Landis's Chronicle. <laughs> Is I was gonna say Speed Racer, (laughs) (laughs) but but Chronicle is is just Akira with like without like the motorbikes or anything and like nerds (laughs) instead of like uh, cool uh, like shitty kids. Um, It like it just takes so much um, from Akira. I'm surprised um, that they didn't get sued for it. But I have to say, this might be a hot take. I actually really like Chronicle, and I think if a lot of people really like Chronicle, that's not that hot a take. Yeah. People people sort of generally agree that Chronicle is pretty good. Yeah, and if it goes down as the last Akira live action film, I actually think that's fine sure. because it does something. It did something, but you know. The soup with the medium that like really worked, and you didn't need to have like a five the five hundred million dollar budget you would need to actually make a proper live action Akira film. It got you know the you know the the relationships um, right. It got the you know the powers um, right. It got the look for you know this taking place in like 
the boring suburbs, it at least made the boring suburbs kind of look cool and fun, and exciting with the effects and the powers. So like, I really, I, I really do did enjoy uh chronicle as like this attempt to make a live action Akira film without doing it. And I'm sure that whatever ones that the Warner brothers makes uh, when they know they're yeah. remaking Akira is going to be so much worse. Well, look, you, you, I mean, you got, you all like already nailed it. It's like, do I want to see a live action Akira? First of all, the answer to that is just no to begin with. <laughs> like, why would I want to see like what part of like what makes Akira like an excellent movie is that it's like the best animated movie ever. So why would I want to see an animated or a live action Akira? Second of all, it's not going to be a live action uh, Akira. It's going to be a new animated Akira where the animation is like modern, shitty, previs VFX. Like <laughs> it will still be an animated movie, just one that really, really sucks and looks like a video game cutscene. <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking there, there's the one scene where they're running, f- or when Tetsu is escaping from the hospital, and it's like a dark hospital at night, uh, and and there's like a like a, a green and blue tiled floor. And for some reason, that floor st- stood out to me as something you wouldn't see in the remake, just as like too colorful. It would all be gray, it would all be shades. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, it would just be white walls. Because otherwise, you wouldn't know that it's an industrial setting. There is no color right. in the city. Yeah, like even like the little dancing animal scene where like the little teddy bear Aww. and the little car come up. Like, there's no way that wouldn't look like shit in like a live action film. Also, like, how do you even, like, start to make the little creepy children? Like, you just cast Maria Bamford every time. (laughs) Old baby. That's her whole brand. (laughs) Well, there there are two good adaptations of Akira. One of them is uh, there was a 2002 PlayStation 2 game called uh, Akira Psycho Ball, which was a pinball adaptation (laughs) uh, with boards based on the movie. Uh, which was made to coincide with the DVD release. And also there's a webcomic uh, that I think is now completely finished called Bart Kira. That's just a panel by panel redraw of the Akira man- manga, but with uh, Simpsons characters. And I want to say uh, Principal awesome. Skinner. <laughs> Principal Skinner is the uh, the colonel, the military guy. And it's Barton Milhouse. And then uh, Akira himself, when he shows up as like this weird god baby, is uh, Ralph Wiggum. <laughs> that's awesome it's it's a delight i highly recommend <laughs> that's cool i'm looking at it right now he yeah, he really does draw every single panel again that's so funny it's that's great. awesome <laughs> all right folks so we got we gotta give this you know a rating where does akira rank in all of time great pantheon of anime i think I'll give my take first. Um, I really, you know, on this rewatch, the first time I watched it, I didn't really think a ton of it. Um, but on this rewatch, like, it just f- becomes how clear how special uh, this film is because they spend a ton of time and money making really fantastic animation. Like, it just looks so beautiful to watch. The story, I think, you know, needs needed a lot more time. But if they spend it, but if they had turned this into a TV show, it wouldn't look nearly as as nice so i really think akira is fantastic it does hold up as one of the greatest uh anime films of all time i definitely agree it's personally like not like my top favorite but it's definitely up there in terms of 10 and it's there i think if you're just like i like not even anime if you're just interested in animation you need to be watching Mm. yeah and i would say overall like anyone who's interested in like animation as a whole like 
needs to be like watching it and checking it out. Cause just for sheer just looks alone and what it did and all these like beautiful colors that are buried under a Coliseum we'll never see again. Like <laughs> it is, it is worth watching. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I'd highly recommend it. I mean, I would also even add on top of that that it's not even worth. It's not even just all you know. Additionally, worth it for people interested in animation. I think it's just it's it's like part of the canon for people that are just interested in film in general. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this like yeah. is such an influential work at this point that yes, I would recommend that anybody watch it. And I still think that it like holds up. Like I said, as I was watching this, I was like still sort of like taken aback by like how gorgeous the animation looks. And there's something very striking about that sort of old style painting backdrops and you know cell animation with very defined black lines around it like there's something very very appealing about that style that i don't think has ever like quite been accomplished ever since they've like switched to digital and this seems like you know one of the works that's sort of at like the peak of that style of animation and the motorcycles are really cool That that's my take. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And Ab- Abby, so I'm going to read the ma- manga after this, definitely, because I want the whole like story. Um, color version or black and white? I was not under the impression it was still possible to find the color version. Uh, to be honest, I was looking really? at some scans while I was getting ready, and they were gorgeous. And they were apparently uh, the first uh, digitally colored uh, comic that was like done, oh. which sounded odd to me. I mean, not not that it didn't seem worth it but it surprised me because this is like early 90s um but the pages i've seen are gorgeous if you can find it let me know <laughs> <laughs> all right folks that was struggle session have a good that's one. it thanks for joining us Jeez. thanks everyone thank you bye Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.